provision of all things concerning life. Father, you make available today that we will come into your mercy and strength. We will come into your life in abundance. We will come into grace and mercy in multiplications. Lord, we pray that life would come to us. We would be blessed by you in the name of Jesus. Father, you alone know the depth of our heart that is longing out for you, that is searching for you. We ask, Father, that you will fill us again. Wherever we are in need of, of feelings, where we are empty, we ask, Father, that you will cause your spirit to, to fill us up again, to increase us. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We exalt your holy name. We thank you, Father. We bless your name. Thank you. Father, as we go into the world, we ask, Father, that you bless us with your spirit. You will increase us in your spirit, in, your, in, the, in the word. Lord, we come under, I submit myself to you totally tonight. And I ask, Father, that by your mercy, you would anoint my lips to, to speak boldly as I ought. That you make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer. Not just... Uh, tongue teaching my own things, not just a tongue saying my own words, saying things I know. Lord Father, I pray that you anoint my lips to find direction and to find salvation needed for each of our souls tonight in the name of Jesus. But I pray that you would help me tonight to access the word as I ought in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer. That you might write your life up in us tonight. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus, for in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We're all welcome tonight. Uh, can you just take a moment to say hi to your neighbor? Say, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you tonight. I'm excited. Amen. Sorry for the... See, I'm, I'm excited to see you tonight. I'm excited. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I welcome each and everyone tonight. Uh, it's uh, another beautiful day. It's another beautiful evening. Uh, uh, we've, we've greeted our neighbor, right? We've said hi. I'm happy to see you. Good to see your faces. Amen. Okay, that's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I think I can hear myself now, so that's good. Amen. Amen. The Lord has been faithful. How many of us are happy to be here tonight once again? Amen. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's a beautiful time. It's good to, to see our faces. Sakon, it's good to see you. Uh, Sanam, it's good to see your face again tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So tonight, uh, I'm hoping I can, uh, I can, I can see, sorry, I'm hoping I can talk further on what I was hoping to uh, speak on on Saturday, but I'm not sure how that will go. Um, just just uh, some things in there, but the Lord will help us. Amen. Uh, before we before we go ahead, I would just like to to ask if we have you know from the previous teaching if there's any questions, you know things that's unclarified. I go forward. Amen. I know, you know most of the time I ask if there's any question, but we don't ask questions, so I don't know why we don't ask questions. You know, so I assume, I assume we know it. Amen. Or maybe all the questions we had was answered maybe when we were thinking about it during the week. You know. We must be a plus student too. Right? No questions, you know. Everything is just... So I think on Saturday I was asking... Was it Saturday I said that uh, is, is what we're saying strange? Yeah, is, it, is, it, is it something strange? Is it something... Not relatable? Is it? Is it something that sounds? Uh, is it exoteric? Huh? Does it sound uh, like it's not Bible? Uh, I know it's. 
just want to make sure that uh, if it's sounding somehow so that we can, we can look at scripture together. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, again, before I you know, proceed, does it sound like, does it sound like Bible? Sound like Bible? Okay. Is it, is it, is it, is it clear, the things that uh, we are hearing? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening. Oh, welcome. Good to see you. Hello, sir. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, no question. It's nice song. So one day, question will come. I should keep uh, asking. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's ask one question. So it's all right. We're <laughs> very, funny like that. He <laughs> created the question quickly and and it's accurate. So the question, <laughs> the question is all that. So, so what I said. Is that you know from what we've been teaching so far? I think on Saturday uh, we thought a lot further on it, and I was just asking if there's any question. Because on Saturday I was asking if what we're teaching sounds strange or is funny. So if there's any question, we can we can ask questions. So that's where we are. But I just I just noticed that we don't ask questions. So I was wondering, ah, is it like it's like everything is clear, not nothing strange, you know, clean, awesome, okay. All right, I guess I can, I can leave it at that. Uh, okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are no questions. I guess we'll, we'll continue. Let me make sure this is not disturbing. Okay, I think I'm good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Amen. So. All right, let's open to the book of Act 26. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we should not be too far from Romans 3. But we'll see where the Lord will take us today. So I read from Romans, sorry, Act 26, verse 17. I read, I read from verse 16, actually. It says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, right? To make thee, for this purpose, to make thee a minister, right? And a witness. So it's Acts 26, verse 16. So, uh, let me read from verse 14, actually. You know what? Let me read from 13. Yes, I said we should put hand in Romans 3. We get there. <laughs> so Romans 3 is, uh, is, uh, is, is really where we started from. But Acts 26 is where we are continuing from. Uh, I hope to 
see if there is a connection, amen, uh, that the Lord would help us tonight. So please bear with me if I am slow, right, and talking a little bit about things. I know talking slow can make us sleepy, so uh, bear with me. And I don't know, every Tuesday evening there's, there's this spirit that just breathes. Everybody wants to sleep. I know we're all tired from work and stuff like that. Everybody wants to sleep, you know. But please, uh, let's be like Jesus. He said, will you watch with me an hour? <laughs> so after an hour, maybe. But just joking. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, so, so Acts 26, verse 14. I said, and when we were all falling to the earth, to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest, persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Hope I'm not too loud. Not too loud? Okay. Said, and I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Amen. says, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance amongst them, among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. Uh, I don't know, there's just a thought that came to my mind. Uh, in reading this scripture, I'm sure there are certain aspects that would uh, strike our hearts as because we we are we are used to them. Um, I'm just I'm just thinking in reading these scriptures, right? Um, do we do we really see what Jesus is saying to Paul here, right? Because it was very particular, right, concerning what he was saying. And uh, the things he said to Paul, they are quite, they are very important for Christians. Why? Because he, he said, he gave, he gave Paul a commission but, uh, to not just the Jews, but to, also the, to, but to Gentiles also. But the question is, why will he also send him 
to the Jews. Right? Because, I mean, it's already a Jew. Why to the Jews? I mean, what does a Jew need to know? Right? But they are telling him here that it would send him, they will send him to the people and then from and then to Gentiles. Right? But they, they said, then they said that uh, to turn, to open eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. Okay. Why do a Jew need forgiveness of sin? And inheritance ahead, but this is the key one. And inheritance among them inheritance amongst them that them which are sanctified by faith that is in me right that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance amongst them that are sanctified so this is an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh no, I'm tempted to talk about sanctification, but no. Let me leave it. Let me just follow what we what the Lord is leading us into. Amen. Amen. But I guess the quick thing I wanted to say is, so there, there is uh, clearly here those that are sanctified by faith that is in Jesus, right? Who have a destiny to inherit. Amen. Amen. It's to inherit. They have an inheritance in God. Amen. Um, I don't know why I like asking this question, but I know we all have, we all know the answer, anyways. But when you say the when we say inheritance in when we say inheritance in Him, in Jesus or in God, what is that inheritance? You know, in, this inheritance definitely clearly is for believers, right? But what is that inheritance? As a child of God, what are we going to inherit? Christ. Okay. I'm going to inherit Christ. All right. Eternal life. Okay. Yeah? The blessing. Yes. All these things that we are saying is true. Right? Think about it. Say to receive to to receive inheritance. To receive an inheritance. Most Christians don't know their inheritance, right? Because we have somehow thought that inheritance are things on earth. 
right? If an average believer will think about inheritance, they will never, never, never think about God as an inheritance. Until, I mean, unless God has helped such a soul. If you, if you can think God as an inheritance, God has helped you greatly. In short, such a person is blessed. Because it is blessed to know that, to know that what I'm truly inheriting is God. Right? Although saying this, then all kinds of things start falling apart. Ah, what do you mean? God is my inheritance. Okay. Do you now mean that I can't inherit money, houses, because God give me good, good, good things? What do you mean? I mean, God can give us those things. You just call it other things. But that's not the main. They call it other things. Right? And scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. So, what, as far as money is concerned, as far as car is concerned, as far as... Uh, house is concerned, as, how, as far as children is concerned, you know, for married people looking for child, all those things, they are not, they are not really, really, really the, I don't, I don't know how to put it, they are not the, they are not the, they are not the actual inheritance, right? Especially if, if you say child, okay, what does the scripture say about a child? It said, uh, marriage is honorable, and the fruit of the womb is the, is it reward? I think I'm right. <laughs> Children what? <laughs> okay. Funny, the funny thing actually is that the children don't even belong to the parent. That's the funny thing. What belongs to husband and wife is themselves. That's just the truth of the matter. Husband belongs to the wife, wife belongs to the man, right? Like Paul was telling us in Corinthians. But the children, it's not their own. It's the Lord's, right? <laughs> so, I mean, when I say, and then if there's you know, children in the marriage, glory to Jesus. If not, it's the Lord. It's as, if he, because it's his heritage. If he chose to, okay. If he decide not to, glory to Jesus. That's it. So, and if that's the case, it can't be inheritance. Right? Because that is subject to God's will. If I decide, okay, if I decide, then that can't be the inheritance. Because the inheritance is sure. It's sure. Right? Because it is sure for those that want it shall. Let me put, let me put the clause. If you want it, it's, it's sure for everyone that desires God. The problem is that it's not everybody that desires God. That's just, that just a shortcoming. It's not everybody that desires God. Right? But this inheritance is clearly for everyone that desires God. So, when it comes to things like house, money, all those things, it's not a must. Money, uh, what else? What do we call blessing? Inheritance. However, the enters our goodly heritage. I have a, I have a goodly heritage. You know, we quote scriptures now. I mean, that's that's some now. 
We have a goodly heritage. You know, there are, when we start quoting Bible, there are things. Don't get me wrong, but God can bless you with other things. But what I want to do is just center, I want to remove all the other noise around uh, what we call the Christian life. There are, there are, there are, you know when you have uh, a sound with many, 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 is it, let's say a recording with many, many, many sound inputs, right? And you just want to hear the news, right? If the news is the real thing you want to hear, everything else is, the, is, is noise around that news. So you would want to, okay, let me remove the noise and then isolate the news so I can hear it clearly, right? So it's like in Christianity, we, we carry trumpets and we are sounding all kinds of noise around uh, the real thing when it comes to what a child of God is supposed to have, right? We, we make so many noise. Especially if you, if, you, if you go to where I'm from. As you're walking on the street, you see several fasting, seven days fasting to receive your visa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have, you have not, I'm, ah, okay, maybe, okay, people that have left the job a lot. Maybe to have left, but I, I, I just saw it, I was, I was surprised. <laughs> I was, it was shocking. So funny. Uh-uh. Power to receive your visa. All kinds of things. <laughs> receive your miracle. I mean, I mean, God still gives miracle, as, as we know. Miracle, no detail, Jesus. I mean, uh -huh. Miracle still they work. God is still in the business of you know, creating miracles. Right. But one thing is clear. The miracles, if you check it, the miracles is not the main message of Jesus. There's, if you, Every time there's a miracle, there's, there's what Jesus points to. He said, okay, if you don't believe me for the work's sake, okay, believe, okay, okay, if you don't believe me, okay, believe me for the work's sake. For, okay, see these miracles I'm doing, okay, at least take that and believe what I'm saying. Meaning that the miracles are just pointers. That's you. The miracle is, is actually what, the, what Nicodemus said. Say, no one can do these things that you do except that God be with you. And then secretly he came in the middle of the night. What can I do to inherit the kingdom? Abi, is that not what he said? His kingdom, he used the word kingdom, Abi. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay, it was another man that I was wondering, it was another man that has talked about the kingdom. So what shall I do to enter the kingdom? Uh, but Nicodemus, he didn't finish. But Jesus knew he was going, he was talking, he was going to talk about kingdom. So Jesus just answered him. He said, ah, say, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, and no man can do these things that thou doest except God be with him. So what he's saying, actually Nicodemus descending well. He said, thou art a teacher come from God, right? I know teaching is not miracles. They are not the same. So he's not saying, thou art a miracle worker, come from God. He said, no, said thou art a teacher, come from God, right? And no, and no man can do these miracles except God be with him. So the main thing 
that he was pointing at is that he is a teacher come from God. And then he's making mention of the miracles. That the miracle, so nobody can do these miracles except what God be with him. It's just more of a validation that he is a teacher come from God. So truly is from God. That's uh, John 3. John 3, 3. Right? John 3, 2. 2, 2 to 3. Right? Just said something, Rabbi. Okay. Say, so thou art a teacher come from God. Meaning that's the, if you want to know what Jesus is about, look at that area. He's a teacher come from God. Technically, we can say he's a teacher of God to teach men God. Meaning that if you can have sight into the teachings of God, what you see there, so into the teachings of Jesus, what you will see there is God. Right? So Jesus' teaching was to teach God. And there's no way you would teach God if God is not with you. Because that's who you are teaching. So it's not saying that See this, I don't want to go too far into that thought. If not, I'll go somewhere else. So let me just center around this thing about him, the, these miracles, because that's the point I wanted to hit. says no one would do these miracles except God be with him, meaning that the miracles are pointers that he's from God and he's a teacher of God. The real thing that he's about is to teach men God. He's a teacher of God, teaching God, and teaching about the kingdom of God. That's how he's teaching God, teaching about his kingdom. So Jesus was teaching kingdom. I, don't, I think perhaps we'll read this, this verse again because he was talking about entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now you know, the funny thing is that every believer thinks that they have entered the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is about uh, uh, what else? What do we call kingdom again? It's about maybe church. Right? You think kingdom is church. What we did, I think I was talking about this a few, few days ago, a few Tuesdays ago, right? That church is not the kingdom. And you know, like souls that like to carry church and make it their kingdom. Sorry, that's not the kingdom of God. That is the local church, which has its purpose for believers. But in itself, it's not the kingdom. Right? And then when we say, let's take the kingdom for Jesus, you notice that what you are taking is not the church. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, the church is there to ensure that believers are growing. So the church is the, is the pillar of truth. That's what the scripture calls the church. It is what is the is the ground and the pillar of truth. Meaning that if you if you hear truth, you shall have to find your way inside church somehow. Right? You can't be born again and then decide to jack bar somewhere and maybe doing online. You know, we have online Christians now. You know you just they just stay online and then I'm part of a church. Uh, which church do you go to? I'm going to church online. Uh, okay. So, online, I will consider you, you are attending the global church. <laughs> but you are not yet in the local church. You need to find your way into one. Right? Because 
that is not local to you. Every, every believer needs a local church that they must be part of, right? But that in itself is not the kingdom, right? But when we go to church, the church ought to also ensure and teach that men, right, are coming into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not without understanding. That is the key. Anybody that must come into the kingdom of God must understand. He must what? Understand. To, to enter the kingdom, eyes must be open. Eyes must be open. Right? Like he said, very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born again, that same John 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Then later I said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter. So clearly, seeing is different from entering. Right? Because when we are born again, it's not water and spirit that bets us. Right? We are just born again. It's after a soul is born again that it cannot be born of water and of spirit. But that's not where I'm going, but it kind of close around what we've been discussing. But let me move back to the miracle thing then I hand. <clears throat> but I know most of us, they want me to explain this thing, but that's not what we're talking about, <laughs> I know some, some of those are already asking questions. Okay, explain this thing. Okay, finish what you mean. God will help. We'll finish it one day. Amen. Yeah? God will allow us to go there and teach about it, but because I, I know if I enter there now, I may not, I don't know. Hey! That has gone. Oh, wow. I, I said I'll be talking small, small, but in talking small, small, time has gone. Wow. At least you think that the time, the way, the, the way I'm talking is the way the time will be going, but apparently it's different. Amen. So, so, <laughs> so, so, okay, because of time, I need to quickly rewind. So, the miracles were pointing to, to what Jesus is about, but the miracles in itself is not what Jesus is about. But Jesus still do miracles. He's a miracle worker. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's still working miracles in our lives every day and then. Every day and then. He's still working miracles. And he will still keep working miracles. Because you can't, I, I mean... The teacher and the miracle, they go, they go side by side. That's two, when Jesus, you notice two things Jesus were doing. But, but, but the main demand is teaching. But later, he will do miracles. It's Matthew that made us see that clearly. So, in Matthew chapter 5, we can see, after he has attended to the sick, healed the sick, raised the dead. Sorry, not raised the dead. It was healing the sick. I just put raised the dead there, sorry. That's me being, having sweet mouth. So, chapter 5, uh, verse 1. Now, just quickly read it. Said chapter Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. You see? He was seeing multitudes. Every time you see multitudes, there's, there's what multitudes are about. You know that multitudes don't like teaching. Multitude like miracles. See, he said, and he went into a mountain. 
4 verse 24. Okay, okay. That's, that's where it started from, right? Uh, it says in verse 24, right? And, and his fame went throughout Syria and brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torment and those which were possessed with devils and those which were you know, lunatics and those that had palsy and he healed them. And, and, and there followed him great multitudes, right, of people from Galilee, right, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. So you see where all kinds of people are coming from. That's how we are as Christians. When we see, ah, am I lying? If you see miracle happening somewhere, what do you think happens? That one will tell that everybody, you are great, it's miracles, miracles happening there. Well, yeah, let's go collect our own miracle. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a prophet there that is prophesying to people. Everybody will want to go and receive their own prophecy. Ha! Let's go, let's go. What they are going, so I see they want to go and worship other long women. It's just that they know. Ah! There's a prophet that sees and prophesies and talk about your life. Ah, that's your real go. Okay, okay, let's go, let's go. So they'll go, lift up holy hands. Father, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. And then after, what they are really waiting for is the, the, the prophecy. It's the prophecy. Why? Because somehow it's exalted above many other things. In short, they are not even wanting to hear word. It is. Right? We wanted to hear what? And so, ah, they, I mean, I'm not saying this because it has not happened. There was a time, long time ago, me too, if I see things like that, what I'll be interested in is the prophetic move. Because I want to see, ah, how's this? Wow. It's like that thing when it's at play, just intoxicating. It's just, ah, you, want, you forget the word. But the truth of the matter is that that one is not the real thing. It's the word. The word is the main, the main. The teaching, teachings are quite essential. Amen. Amen. So, in verse chapter 5, it says, And seeing the multitude that came, right, ah, ah, miracles, then what did he do? He went up into a mountain, and when it was set, meaning he settled down, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them. Then he began to talk about the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. The rest, the rest, we know it. Right? The point I, want to, I was making here is that he saw the multitude. Then what happened? He went up to the mountain. My question is, why didn't the multitude follow him up to the mountain? Right? Because his disciples came to him. It's as if he was hiding. He, he, go, he went up to the mountain. It's like miracle seekers don't like mountain dealings because when you begin to move up the mountain, something else is happening. You have to be taught God. So miracle seekers don't necessarily follow teachings. Maybe the Lord will help some. Ah, they will see teacher and I'll be like, you know what, let's go there. Right? But most of the time, where you see multitude is in miracles. And God does that to point to the real thing. God would do that all the time. Even in our relationship with God. If God is making miracles, I don't how am I talking about miracles? And God is creating miracles and creating miracles and creating miracles. 
Awesome. But there's something it's pointing to. Okay, can we journey together further in the spirit? I want to journey with you further. I want to take you further in the spirit. Will you follow me so you can hear my teachings? I mean, miracle is not difficult for me. I can continue doing miracles. But I also want to teach you. But what I want to teach you is not the miracles. I want to teach you something. Now you come and learn the Beatitudes. Like he was saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the day that mount, for they shall be comforted. Question, do we know who are the poor in spirit? Do we know those that are mourning? I mean, of course, clearly we know that we are not going, <laughs> we are not going to be doing cry at all, you know? No cry at all. <laughs> In case you've not seen cry at all, you know, you know, you know, Nigeria, Nigeria is, a, is a deadly place. One person just decided to break record, cook at all. Now, every turn is turning in Nigeria. Cry at all, uh, sleep at all, everything, turn, turn, turn. Every, everybody's just breaking, looking to break record. I'm like, ah, Nigeria, oh, they see one tea break. Before you know it, everybody, in short, Gideon's book of record will be tired. Whoever is organized will be tired because Nigerians, they, are, they know they, ah, they are not tired at all. Oh, you can break a, Ah, okay. They will break a thought. Right? Thank you. <laughs> how many? How many? Uh, already. Jesus. That's a record. See? You see, Nigeria, we are breaking records. And this cry at all, honestly, you think it's a joke. I literally saw a video of a man crying. He wanted to cry for 100 hours. I don't understand. It does not make sense. It's clear he does not have what he uses his time to do. It's clear he does not have a Bible to read. Has he read Bible? I'm sure somebody will try and break record of reading Bible for 100 hours. Just watch. <laughs> but, but that one, I won't even find that one because it is good. At least it's the Bible you are reading. By the time you are done reading 100 hours of Bible, your life will be, not be the same. Yeah. At least we can, we can know that <laughs> when they say, okay, why is this verse? You'll be able to tell yeah. and tell all of us, okay, it's, in, uh, yeah, also, it's, not a, it's not a waste. It's good. Right? But we can, Nigerians, we can, we can, we can, I don't know. But clearly, right, we're not going to be crying. We're going to say, blessed are those that mourn. Right? Because there are mourners in the spirit. Right? But that's what all those things mean. I'm sorry, I'm not going to talk about them today because we are not, we are not in that area. Because so, I, uh, I want to move further quickly. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. All these things, they are, they are talking about things that a believer must have, right? Because you notice they are saying, blessed are they, blessed are they. You think maybe some, some. Actually, the truth of the matter is that blessed are they that are poor. You also find the same blessed are they that are mourners. You also find blessed are they, right? These are things that every believer should have. Every believer should be poor in spirit, should mourn, Right? And that morning is not people dying and you're crying. Like I said, it's not cry at all. <laughs> That's what mourning means in the spirit. Amen. Uh, 
Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To be meek, every believer must be meek. Blessed are they which do hunger. Every believer must hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are they are the merciful. Every believer must be merciful. Every believer must be pure in heart. Every believer must be peacemakers. It's the destiny of every believer. It's not just one person. It's not just day. No. Because we can just speak our own. This day, that day, and then say it's okay. But it's not just that. Amen. But, there's, but all these things that they're talking about is what the Lord wants to give. You'll be so surprised that these things are things people come to when they are inheriting God. That's just the truth of the matter. When you're when you talking about inheritance, these are the things we deal with. Poor in spirit, meekness, mourning, all those things. These are things people take when they are journeying in inheritance. But, but like I say, like I said earlier, there is teaching and there's a miracle, but the miracles really point to what Jesus is teaching, right? And what he's teaching is the kingdom. He's teaching the kingdom. He's teaching God. Because men, the truth of the matter is that all the things that Jesus was teaching, do you know that men didn't know it? Right? Every time he was teaching it, they hear, but they don't understand. They, okay, what is Jesus saying? Okay, what does this mean? He will explain it to them. I don't know if I'm rushing ahead, but there's, there is this aspect that we're talking about forgiveness of sin actually points us to that scripture that talks about these things in Matthew 13, I believe, when it, when it taught about the, the parable of the, of the sower, right? After he finished, he said to them, to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Ah, please, how, how, what is the mystery of the kingdom here now in the parable of the sower again? But somehow, somehow, it's still a mystery about the kingdom. Right? The mystery of sowing on the good ground. Right? He talked about other ones. Uh, rock, uh, thorns, on the roadway side. Right? On the rock. Right? But good grounds. I said, to you is given to know the mystery of the... But to them it is not. That in hearing they will hear and not perceive. Or they will hear and not understand. In seeing, they will look and they will not see. Right? Less. What you just said. Less. They what? They understand. I'm paraphrasing now, but I think I should read it. Matthew 13. I hope we are, we, are, we are following, eh? I hope I'm not scattered. So Matthew 13. Okay, so let me from verse 11. So he answered and said unto to them. So that's when they asked. After I finished the parable, they asked him, Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given, for whosoever act to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever have not, from him shall be taken away that he had. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seen, see not. You see? Them seen, see not. So they are still not seen. 
and hearing they hear not. So they are hearing, but they are hear, not hearing anything. Neither do they understand the key. Neither do they what? Neither do they understand. Every time we see this understanding, right, this understanding, just put a hand there. Hmm. Understand, understand, understand. I know we'll be talking about it, so it's good to know. We're trying to put importance on understanding. And like I said, it's, when it comes to the kingdom or inheritance, it is a thing of understanding. You can't remove understanding out of inheritance. You can't remove understanding out of, uh, out of kingdom teaching and understanding. You can't remove understanding. It is a key aspect of the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So therefore, speak I to them in parable. Okay, okay, let me see. Shall not, okay, verse 14. It says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. So I mean, it's actually, this prophecy is actually in Isaiah. Right? Which said, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. Right? For these people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of it, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should what? See with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand key with their hearts and should be converted and should what? And I should heal them. You see the word they use is converted and I should what? Heal them. But bless are your eyes for the sea but, and your ears for the ear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Here you did for the parable of the sower. Amen. Uh, because of time, I'm not going to read everything else. Right? But later I began to explain that this thing is about the kingdom. Right? But you see what Jesus was saying to the disciples. See that to them they will see and then they will hear. But the truth of the matter is that they were not still. That thing that Jesus said to them is a prophetic word. Because when they started seeing, it was actually after Jesus left. They were not seeing anything here. He said, Jesus told them that, I said unto you that, blessed are your eyes for they see. And your ears for they hear. He said, blessed are your eyes. But the truth of the matter is that, see that word blessed, means that for, a, for eyes to see and ears to hear, Blessing must be involved. Blessing must take place. Right? It must say, blessed are your eyes for they see. So what Jesus is really saying is that until you are seen, you are not yet blessed. But if you can see, blessed are your eyes for they see. Right? And how you know that they were not seen is that they, after Jesus left, right, before Paul came, what were they teaching about? They were teaching about Jesus. Teaching about Jesus. But they were, they were, they were still missing a very important and a key aspect of the teaching because they didn't have the next allocation of the gospel. What they have is the first allocation, which is to preach about Jesus. And to preach about Jesus is a miracle aspect. Do you understand? Because to teach about Jesus, 
that area, teach about Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Okay, we know that we have victory over demons, evil spirit, and all those things. Okay, that's, that's one. But guess what? He said, these are the signs for them that will believe. Imagine, the moment you're born again, that's, they, they told us about many signs, right? But we're not going to go there today, right? But just to show you and I that there's a lot that when we just get born again, we can do as believers. See, everything that the disciples were doing before Paul came, teaching about Jesus, every new believer should be able to cast out demons, to heal the sick. See, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. What, the reason why a, a newborn believer can't do that is because they don't know. If you get somebody born again today, sit them down and teach them. Do you know you can lay hands on the sick and they can be healed? Really? Yes, the Bible says so. Do that. And they go out with that faith. I think it's lay hands on the sick. Do you know that they will be healing sick? Meaning that you don't need... You know, you know there's, a, there's a way we used to think, ah, for you to be a healer of the sick, you have to be, you know, one special, sit down, fast for 10 days and 10 nights. It's anointing. And, uh, please don't get me wrong, go. Fasting and praying for 10 days and 10 nights, it's not that it does not work. It works. What, what do I mean by it works is that while you are praying and fasting for 10 days, there's something you are doing to yourself. You are making your, your spirit a lot more alive to God. Anointing can flow easily. But the truth of the matter is that it's not the fasting and prayer that got the miracle to happen. What got the miracle to happen is his word. These are the signs that will follow them that believe. That one is different, right, from the gift of the spirit, right, which is gifts of healings. That one is a gift. And people can come under that God, and it's, when I say come on that, as the Spirit, because it's about the will, because the Holy Ghost distributes as He wills. Most of the time, we think it's our will. The gift, you know, those that have the gift, sometimes, if they are not well taught, tutored, or raised, they will think that, ah, this is our power. They won't be driven from Babalao. Why? Because they will be going to pray to keep that thing, so that when they, it, but it is all you need to do. Even if you have gifts, it's just to keep growing spiritually. Yeah. As we grow, gifts grow too. Or let me put it this way. We get to understand gifts better as we grow spiritually. Right? But you know, most people just, Helena! Then, maybe, it's just strange. It's like people, have, people don't know things, man. But you people know. Most of, most of, most of us know. I know Brother Femi knows now. You know, from Nigeria too. Right? Because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen prophets. I've seen prophets that will come because of well, they want to perform healing and different. You know. I've seen I've seen all kinds of things in those in those times. I was still young. I didn't know too much about God. You know, I just oh, okay, okay. Later when I got to it, I'm like, ah, all these things. What about this one now? Which one is this one? Is this the Bible? You don't even say this. There's no difference between what this man is doing and what a tribalist would do. A herbalist. There's no difference. In the same sense. If you check it, there's nothing scriptural about it. It's just using the name of Jesus. It's abalism. See abalism. There's no English like that that created it all, just so you know. Uh, it's abalistic. Maybe, maybe that one. But a abalist is even better because a abalist is not a, it's not a, it's not a babalao, right? A abalist is just somebody that uses herbs 
right? The herbalist is even better than, uh, what's their name? Is it something they call them? It's not herbalist, it's not, it's witch doctors. <laughs> the difference between a herbalist and a witch doctor. You know, most of us, we just categorize all of them together. Yeah. Ah, herbalist, he's a herbalist. A herbalist is just somebody that knows how to use herbs for healing. For, like, you can take herbs. The same way you had, all, all the drugs you are taking that you are buying on the store, all they did is they carry the same herbs and leaves that they are using, extract what you need from it, turn it into capsule and drugs that all of us, the only difference is that at least they can label it for you and me so that you know, okay, this is what is inside, <laughs> this is what is inside this drug. But the herbalists, they can't label it for you. Unless they go to Ghana, they say, okay, well, the botanica, the blah, 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 okay, this is what, this is what this working, but it's pretty much the same thing. They are extracting things from leaves. The, 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 is it potency? What is potent in, in the leaves, in the herbs? They are using it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, it's not, it's not, what they are doing is not different from a witch doctor, which you consult, they do blah, 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 then do something, and then, okay, take this one, go and use it. And then, they will be, and then those ones will be, will be prescribing to believers. Uh, take, it's prescription, take coconut and take anointing oil. Take three candles. Light the candles, hold the coconut. Please tell me, what's the, what's the difference between that <laughs> and a witch doctor? And tell you to go and buy the head of a lizard. Tell me, why in the Bible did you see candles and coconuts? Where? There's nothing inside the Bible that talks about candles and coconuts. But let me, let me, not, let me not take too long here. So, say, blessed are they, right, when your eyes see, right, blessed are thou. Meaning that when eyes are seen is a, a blessing, is a, blessed, is a blessed operation for eyes to be open, for ears to be here, to be hearing. Amen. Now, I want to tie it to this Act 26 we're reading. Amen. Uh, so that I can talk about... Okay. I'll soon... Ah! I'll soon start rounding up. I can't believe I've, I've actually spoken for an hour already. Almost an hour, I mean. So, um, please bear with me. So, let's go to the same parable of the, of the sower. In, in Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay, so Luke, I think Luke, is it Luke 8? Or Luke 4? I think it's, it's 8. I don't know what's it. Luke 8 for a hand. I don't know why that 4 is always. So Luke 8, 4. Luke 8, 4. The funny thing is that this thing I'm talking to about, we are talking about now, is not really, really what I so intended to. But I just thought I should ex explain this before I move further. Amen. So here it says in verse 4, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. He so I went out to sow. Okay, but let me go to the end of the parable. Um... Verse 9 says, And the disciple asked him, saying, What might this parable be? Right? What might this parable be? 
Now, if they understand and if they are seeing, they won't be asking Jesus, what does this parable mean? Right? Because them seeing, they would have understood. It means that they didn't understand. So in Matthew, I'm saying this so we can see what Jesus is saying. In Matthew, when he says, that blessed are your eyes for they see, doesn't mean that they see. Because if they are seeing, they won't be asking the question. So let me go further. He says, and this ever asked him, saying, what might this parable be? And he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might see. So, sorry, so that seeing they might not see. Hearing they might not understand. Right? Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Okay. Okay. So Jesus is already explaining this here. Okay, there's, there's another one I have to, there's another account of the same parable to give, give a proper understanding of what I'm saying. It's Mark chapter 4. Let's read Mark. So there's Matthew, Mark, and Luke giving the same account. So Luke 8, Mark 4. Right, so Mark chapter 4 verse... Nine. Say, and he said unto them after the parable, He that had here to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about with about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see. You see, there's also something I want to pull out here. Mark made it clear that he had already taught everybody. But later, just a few came to him. So it's not even everybody that is understanding. Right? So it's not understanding that, that they are talking about is not for everybody. Well, I mean, it's for everybody that will come to the mountain. That won't be part of the miracle seekers. Because he has already taught the multitude, he left. They were not bothered about what it meant. If these disciples would be like, ah, what does this thing mean? That's to tell you that everybody there needed to know. But they didn't even bother about the mysteries of the kingdom. So that's to show us clearly that when it comes to kingdom matter, inheriting kingdom, it's not everybody that shows interest. Although it is for everybody. But not everybody shows interest. Right? So it now says that, see they may see, so those that did not come. Right? So this is for everybody that did not come to him to, to ask for understanding of the kingdom. To ask, the key thing is to ask for understanding. I, will, I, would, I would, peradventure, just center about that a bit. For anyone that did not come for understanding, Jesus did not explain the understanding of the parable to them. It is only a few that came. Right? 
Only a few. The same way teachings might, might happen, a lot of teachings, you know, everybody here, maybe some, everybody don't understand, and then nobody's asking Jesus the question. Right? It's clear, anybody that asks questions wants to understand. It's an attitude every believer must have to want to understand. Understand, like I was saying, understanding is key, right? I said that seeing they may see, so this thing I've done in parables, verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be what? Converted. You see, the same word that was used in Matthew, right? They what? They should be converted. This word, converted, is important. I, I, mean, I mean, we were talking about entrance into the kingdom, right? And I was in, mentioning that there's a conversion that, needed, that, is, that, is, that needs to take place, right? There's a conversion that happens to believers who wants to enter into the kingdom. Every believer that would, ever ent- that would enter into the kingdom must be converted. How? How? By, the, by the sprinkling of the water and by the receiving of spirit. Unless you are born of water and of spirit, you cannot enter, right? And I was saying that that entrance is like a betting into the kingdom. They must bet you into the kingdom. You must be born in the kingdom. So you must be born again. Then you must be born of water. The word born means you must be betted. Betting must take place. And like I was using the, the process of giving birth to explain that a baby that is in the womb, before it can come into the world, must be converted. Right? So meaning that they must pass through the birth canal. That's, that's their conversion. They are converting those babies to, to bet them in the world. Right? Before they came, they were using what? Uh, umbilical cord to breathe and everything they need. The moment they come out, they are converted to be using their lungs. Right? If a baby is not ready to start using lungs to breathe, the doctors are weary. Ah, can you wait a little bit? If they can't do it, they will have to put them in a, in a converting machine. That's a, what's that thing called? Incubators, thank you. Incubator. They put them in an incubator. An incubator is a means of converting if they have not been properly converted. Allow them to grow so that they, they will develop their lungs. Okay, now you can live here. If anybody, if a baby is not convert, well converted and they bring the baby into the world, what happens? They will die. Meaning no lungs, nothing, and they didn't put them in an incubator. To die. The same way, when somebody enters the kingdom without being converted, it is a problem for heaven. It's a problem. Because such a soul will break order. When they get there, they will see 24 elders bowing and angels. They'll be like, what's wrong with 24 elders? Don't you just joke? Hey, four living creatures, what's your own? Why do you have to wait for elders to bow? You know what, let's just bow all together. Some may not even bow. They say, what's the purpose of bowing? We are the children of God. We are sons of God. Therefore, we have God in us. Why should we bow to God? In short, angels bow to us. I mean, in case you, I mean, and, I, and I, I, you'll be so surprised there are teachings about about such a thing that they will say that you know, even angels bow to them. It was, it was, it was, I was hearing things like that it was funny. I said, ah, 
some extra is it extravagant Ex, uh, is it yeah I, I would say extravagant but ex excess uh, new creation reality teaching it's it's a new creation there's new creation reality but there's now the far left of that yeah, far left I won't say far right it's far left Left, you know, left is always the bad sound. You know, left leg, left, left, left leg, left hand of fellowship, left leg. <laughs> say they gave him the left, left hand of fellowship. You know, they give right hand. When Paul came, they, they have to give him the right hand of fellowship. But if they don't give him the right hand, that means the, it's the left hand they will give him. That means they don't take him. But like Kenneth again will say that there was a time when he was in Baptist that they would, they, they gave him the left leg of fellowship. You know, it's a hand that. <laughs> The right hand, left hand. Say no, it's not even left hand. It's left leg. They kicked him out. <laughs> it's left leg of fellowship. They used to kick him. He came out of the church because he was coming to uh, teachings concerning the Holy Ghost. But then they were like, mm -mm, "Calm down. This is excessive." Like, but speaking in uh, to speak in tongue, the problem. You dare speak in tongue. No, 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 that's, ex that's too excessive. Just speak a tongue in your house. How safe if they allow you safe? That's, I don't even think they allowed any of that at all. There's no speaking in tongues, it's just word. And I like Baptist word. I wish I grew up in the Baptist, you know, so I can know word well. I like that one. They have word. When it comes to word, they know Bible. Right? You know, just saying. But it's left leg. Left leg. You know, left leg will kick, kick him out. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, what was I saying? Uh, I was talking about okay, excessive, excessive uh, conversion. I was talking about excessive, you know, far left of new creation reality, right? Talking about, you know, we are sons of God. Uh, and just enter kingdom, break all down, all those kind of things. No, no. Conversion needs to, be, needs to take place, right? There's a reason why. And you know God have order, right? And he was showing us order in scripture. Order on how to accomplish service. Who should come to service? Israel, stay here. Bring your, uh, bring your sacrifice. Let the, let the Levite take it. Bring it. Uh, kill it. Then let the priest take the, the sacrifice inside to sprinkle the blood. Only the high priest can come into the most holy order in the spirit. Then when the Lord was creating the heavens, he didn't just create one heaven. It's three heavens. First, second, and third. And when he created that, he put angels that have different responsibilities in there, right? First heaven, that's what they do. Second heaven, that's what they do. Third heaven, that's what they do. And they all have their level of understanding. They all worship God according to the level of their understanding. The first, the first level, the first heaven angel don't worship God. Like the seven, like, sorry, like the second heaven angel. Why would they say seven? You know, you know, there's you know, there's a mystery about seven heavens. I don't know where they got that from, but <laughs> scripture only told us about three, right? Three heavens: the first, second, and third, right? Which we can see in Psalm 103 when he began to tell us about the arrangement of the heavens, right? Those arrangements are kingdom arrangements. Is heaven order? And they have. There's a reason why God set them the way they are. Do you know these things? They you can't you can't learn them. 
outside the kingdom. Because souls outside the kingdom does not understand what that looks like. Can't even see it. We can we can teach it with if we try to understand them with 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 an understanding outside the kingdom, you won't really get it. That's just the truth of the matter. Many people have thought about angels and all those things. When they teach it finished, you see that okay, they are missing very, very vital information. And what or they are adding information that shouldn't be added. When you check it, most of the teaching about angels is either they don't use scripture. They use scripture plus other beliefs. Or scripture plus other books to give an understanding of the angels. But it's not so. The Lord have shown us with example in scripture what angelic order looks like. And why they don't, they don't break order. The one in the first heaven does not go and rebel to the one in the second. Yo, I think now I can do what you are doing. Can you come down? Okay, just come down. That one will be looking at that one. What's wrong? If an angel do that, they will know something's wrong. That's what Satan did. When Satan did that, they no, 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 no. Something is wrong. Satan broke order. The angel, he broke order. He was an angel of the third heaven, given responsibility in the second heaven. Amen. Okay, this thing I'm saying now, it's like I have to explain with the Bible, but... Sorry. Sorry for saying it. I just... <laughs> I just wanted to quickly say it, you know. But, I mean, if you have time, you can read. Ah! Sorry, but... Okay, okay. Maybe I should not be rushing. Rushing, rushing does not... Does not do well when I rush. Amen. I think, I think, I feel... When I'm rushing, I'm cheating everybody. Amen. Because I need to... <laughs> I need to make things clear. Sorry, is what, is what I'm saying strange? Is it understandable? If it's strange or weird, you know, please ask questions so that I won't run too much. And I feel the reason why I'm rushing is because I feel I don't have enough time. And I don't want to, because I'm, I'm targeting 9.30 to end. But the way things are going now, I've let, I've, 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 I'm, I'm trying to journey back to Acts 26, but now I've not even got in there. Amen. Amen. But it says to be converted, right, is there's an entrance into the kingdom. Conversion is entrance, right? And like I was saying, if a soul is not converted, it will break order. Just like Satan did. But just so we know, the kingdom we are entering is not present. Do you understand? It's not the present kingdom. What do I mean by that? The kingdom of God is not, is not the present heaven. Do you understand? The kingdom of God is not the present heaven. The present heaven is a prototype, is a shadow. The same way the tabernacle that Moses built is a shadow. Right? So Moses built an, an earthly tabernacle, which is a shadow of the heavenly. Right? Meaning that in the heaven, there's a real tabernacle. That's what Hebrew was telling us. that See, this tabernacle is a shadow of the heavenly one. Right? Or what they call the true tabernacle, which Jesus is the minister. So Jesus is the minister of the true tabernacle. Right? So, meaning that there's a tabernacle in heaven, 
which they use to, to purchase things for you and me. Right? Because when Jesus died, he went up, sprinkled his blood upon that altar. He had to go up there to sprinkle his blood. Not, there's no earthly one to sprinkle blood on. And all the sprinkling of blood that they were telling us in the Old Testament is not for gimmicks or for play. It's a real thing. To sp- when you sprinkle blood, you are accomplishing the service. You are trying to, what, when you are sprinkling blood, you are trying to remit sin. So when Jesus died, take his blood, then sprinkle it upon the altar. It's for remission of sins. Right? So there's, a, so that, there's that one. But when the Lord is taking you and I, I hope we know clearly it's not the present heaven. This present heaven is what many people are rushing to. They die. Lord, I want to make heaven. I want to make heaven. It's good to make heaven. We'll just know which one you are making. Know that it's not this present heaven you are trying to make. There is the new heaven and the new earth. That's the target. That's the goal. Where souls are heading to is what is the new heaven and the new earth. And it is shown in us in scripture that the present heaven, what will happen to it? It will be rolled up. Say, you, that would fold them up as a vesture, as dot a garment. Say, they will wax old as dot a garment. That will fold them up. Meaning that this present heaven and the present earth shall be rolled away. If it will be rolled away, is that where we are going? No, now. It can't be that way. Where, where you and I are trying to go to, it's not this one. People that are sleeping in the Lord, that are going there, maybe that's just a small, it's a temporary office. So those that go there and add visions of houses made of gold that they are building for them as they are getting people born again, I don't understand though. It's like because they are going to roll that one up too, because it's in the present. <laughs> those houses, they are going to roll them up. But the truth of the matter is that it's not a real house that they are seeing. It's not, it's not a physical. What would they do? What they use house to do? All, the question is, what would they be doing inside the house? Who would be living there? Would there be kitchen? Would there be washroom? Yeah? Imagine, do angels use washroom? Do angels cook food? Okay. So, that means that we are using some earthly sense in those kind of visions. I'm not saying they did not see something. I'm saying that's what they mean. It's not, you go heaven, you see heaven, you see houses, it's not a physical house you are seeing. It's not a gold, a house made of gold. It's, what, what kind of gold? You see the one here that finishes? The gold here you see there? Can't be now. Heavenly material and earthly material are not the same. They're not the same thing. First proof, if an angel is here now, that we are not seeing, what kind of material is it made up of that we are not seeing it? Clearly, it's not of earthly material because if it is, you will see it. The reason why they are seeing you and me is because we have an earthly suit. If they remove our earthly suit, okay, let's return you back to where you were in Genesis 1. Then nobody will be seeing you and me. We just, we just will exist in the spirit today. And the high G day, high TT in the spirit. Right, you won't be here to land here. They have to give you an earthly material 
right? But heaven is not like heavenly material is different, right? You know when we talk about heavenly material, you see feathers and all kinds of things. An angel with feathers, you think it's like chicken feathers, right? It's not the same. <laughs> uh, you see Canadian goose, you know their feathers, especially those feathers we see when we are wearing those jackets. They are not the same feather they have. That's not the kind of feathers they have. They are made with heavenly materials. Those feathers, it may look like feather to you and me, but it's not a feather. It's not a chicken feather, let me put it that way. Or, or Canadian goose. They are, all those things are heavenly materials. They are framed with heavenly things. Right? So you can't, you can't, you can't picture them like, like a chicken, right? So clearly. So houses in the heaven is, means something. And how would the first insight, because of time I will just say this and go away, so that I don't get stuck here. The first insight into what the house may look like is what Paul was telling us in Corinthians. Don't you know? Is it Corinthians? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What is a temple? It's a building. Right? Then if you begin to read Ephesians chapter 2, towards the end, you will see where they are talking about our destiny. So you are built up a, a temple. Right? You are being built. I see different different scriptures talking about you are being built. Baby, what are they building? It's a building, meaning that it is not something else ex external that they are building as a temple. It is you. It is you and me. We are the temple that they are building. They are building temples. So <laughs> there will be temple of the soul that must be built. Let me put it that way. It's, let me not use that language. Let me say, we, as a living uh, sacrifice, will be built as a temple, as a building, must be raised as a building. That's what the Lord uses in Scripture to explain spiritual growth. You can talk about building, you can talk about the geographical land, or you can talk about plant. Righteousness, trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Ye are divine. Jesus is divine. Ye are the branches. Plants. There are things he's talking about, but ah, time. But did I, am I even saying something meaningful tonight? Let me let me rush. So clearly, clearly, let's run back from heavenly, uh -huh, okay, conversion to heavens. It's not the present heaven, it's the world to come. The heavens, the new heaven, new heaven. That's what we are journeying into as we are growing up spiritually. Amen. So, it says here in Mark 4 that you should be converted, right, for the purpose, right, that what? Their sins should be forgiven them. Key. That what? That their sins should be Forgiven them. That their sins should say, in sin, right? They may see. That sin they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. You see? And what? Their sins should be forgiven. Now notice that for sins to be forgiven, something is key, understanding. Right? That they might understand, 
less at any time, they should be converted. And what they are saying should. Please tell me, tell me if I'm saying nonsense. Right? Please. And I, of course, I want us to read scripture. Shall we read scripture? We all believe scripture, Abby. Yes, sir. It says, less as any time, they should be. And okay, it said, in hearing, and not understand. Why? Because if they understand, less at any time, they should be converted. Meaning that if they understand, they will be converted. If they are converted, their sins will be forgiven them. This conversion is not to convert an unbeliever to become a believer. Right? It's not, it's, not a, it's not a believer, unbeliever conversion. Hey, we have a new convert. Actually, a new convert is not yet converted. A new convert is a new believer that just got born again. Conversion from some, there's, there's one we have to be converted from. The conversion is a conversion of life. So, what scripture says is that when a believer believes, they are just, they, what takes place when a new person, when somebody get, gets born again, is not understanding, is believing. Right? Do we, do we agree that believing and understanding are two different things? We agree? Okay. So, it is to them that believe. Right? It's to them that believed. It's to them that believed that are saved or that are born again. So with the heart, a man believe, right? Believe is what, I mean, do you have to understand to believe? Right? Is it everybody that understands God when they are believing? They just have faith. It's a faith thing. Because it is, you, the, the foundation for Christianity is faith. You can't remove faith from a Christian. In short, a Christian must be born again by faith, continue growing in faith. You can't, if you remove faith from a believer, you've rendered them, you've rendered them, is it, is it useless? Helpless. Because, check it, any believer without faith, problem. Do you know it, it, is, it is faith you used to pray? It is faith you used to read your Bible. You know that, ah, let me just read my Bible today. You don't think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a factor of faith. It is a factor of faith. To pray to God is a factor of faith. Right? To, ah, what did you do naturally that does not even look like a Christian something? Uh, well, that's to do with God in a way. Is to, to go to church is by faith. Hey, let me start there. Right? To just, let me go to church is faith. To go and preach to unbelievers is what? Faith. It's faith. Tell me, is there anything you can do as a child of God without faith? Because what we only consider as faith is the one that moves mountain. You believe. But do you know what kind of faith is required to move mountain? How much faith is needed? That's it. Mustard seed faith. If you have mustard seed faith, do you know mustard seed? It's so a mustard seed is like this, this tiny dot that you can't see. Can you see this thing? Around? Can you see it? Can't see it. It's like on this table. This tiny dot. That's a mustard seed. 
is, God is saying that if you have such a faith, you can move mountains. Wow. It means that the faith doesn't have to be as big as Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. Just need mustard. See, that's the that's how much faith. I mean, that, you can have more than that. That's the truth of the matter. You can have more faith because faith can be added to you. You can grow in faith. But they are just telling you that the actual faith you need to actually move a mountain is that of a mustard seed size. So a huge, big, gigantic faith. It's a tiny faith. That if you can have such tiny faith, you move mountains. Right? Because some of us want to have faith that is uh, as big as uh, was uh, as a uh, Eiffel Tower, as tall as that. Well, there's nothing wrong there. Just that don't wait until you reach there before you know you can move mountain. Yeah. Right? Because some wait until, okay, is it there yet? No. Can't wait. In. Is it there yet? Okay, it's, it's Eiffel Tower now. Okay, I think it's near that kind of mountain size. So that, in short, most problems or tro- things that trouble you, you think you need one huge, then you'll be waiting, Lord, help me. You just need a little faith. Any mountain in your life, wow. right, that you are, or you are afraid, ah, my life, what you just need is a little faith. Say, you just need a little faith. Mustard seed kind of faith. You will move mountain. You what? When Jesus was saying to the disciples, oh, you have little faith, the truth of the matter is that they don't have any. So that little faith that you sent to the disciples, if they had faith at all, would they be, would they be shaking? <laughs> oh, Jesus, save us! Say, oh, ye of little faith. You, you think maybe they had little, they actually don't have any. Because little goes a long way. Little goes a long way. Ah! You said, you said to the fig tree, and it died. Oh, Wow! He died indeed. Oh, OG of little faith. Because they are, maybe they are waiting. You know when, when Jesus spoke to the, to the fig, they thought maybe one thunder would strike. Bah! And then lightning. Bah! And then thunder would strike the tree. Boom! And then the tree would wither and die. And they were like, yes! Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And he died. What a faith! Most of the time, Jesus just, Jesus just said, okay, die, bye. He left. He didn't, but the, the moment he said it cost the tree, it died immediately. But he didn't see it because it takes time. Most of the time, when faith is at work, that's how it is. You don't see it. When it's already at work, you think, you think one huge thing will have to happen and thunder to strike and, and uh, what's it called? lightning. Most of us were dramatic. I don't know why. We like drama. Some of us, the reason why the Lord is not opening our eyes to see spiritual, not, not, not spiritual vision, because most, most believers see spiritual visions, that we are not seeing uh, open vision or something like that, is because we are dramatic. Because if you open your eyes, you are seeing it. You'll be dramatic like that. Because <laughs> visions, sometimes, there's a, there's a way it flows, almost like a movie. And if you are not dramatic, join. You will ruin the whole. When they are showing you things, I'm showing you flow. You'll be like, ah, you'll be excited more than you won't even wait for the vision to arrange and finish. You will tell the vision the next one. You will tell where it's supposed to land, where it's supposed to end. 
But everyone have to have to withdraw, calm down. Let's remove this drama. Okay, maybe we can let you see small. Amen. I just speak with I mean, of course. And some of us that have the gift to see in the spirit, right? Because the way they do it, they just psh, once in a while, papa. Maybe they will check the time. Maybe you are drunken with the spirit that there's a less there's less tendency for drama. And then bah, you see. Is it the realm of the spirit? Amen. Amen. Time has gone. I'm rounding up. Sorry. So sorry, just that this gist seems to be interesting about this this vision <laughs> this vision thing. Amen. But the truth of the matter, I don't know why I'm talking about faith today. The truth of the matter is that you don't need a huge faith. I'm not saying that you shouldn't grow to have lots of faith. I'm, I'm in more of a consolation to let us know that don't don't kill yourself eh? and be expecting you are you, ha, you have a, a wrong standard of faith as your judgment not scriptural standard, right? Because the scripture says, if you have a faith as that of a mustard seed, you say to this matter, be that moved and it shall be moved. If you believe that, then maybe you are facing a situation, you, you, you are, you're not going to wait for a faith that is as big as Eiffel Tower. The question is, how will you even know if that faith is enough and is as tall as the Eiffel Tower? What will be your measuring rod? Do you have the rod in the spirit to measure it? But they just say, follow scripture. Believe. Just have faith. Like the mustard seed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let me uh, go further because of time. Time has gone. And I really, really want to end before 10. Maximum in the next 10, 15 minutes I'll end. But the truth of the matter is that what I was going to teach, I can't finish in 10 minutes. So <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to maybe see what the Lord will let us teach. But I feel perhaps maybe the Lord just took us in this route today just to explain a few things concerning the kingdom. Amen. So it says that converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And let's go back to Act 26. So I, I want to center on that sin being forgiven, right? So it says that let their sin be forgiven them. Now, there is what we have in the new Christian reality, which is true, is that once you get born again, right, your sins are forgiven you. Everything you've done in the past does not matter anymore. Right? You are a new creature. Right? Now, when they're saying that, they are saying that which is true of the spirit of a man is a different ball game for the soul. When, I don't know if I've explained, ah, have I? Okay, maybe a little bit of time. I won't, I won't spend too much time. I'll just say it a little and I, and I go. When you see, when you are reading about the epistle from Romans to Revelations, you wonder. Most of the letter is not to unbelievers, right? It's to Christians. Please, who are they talking to? They are clearly not talking to the Spirit because sometimes they can reference it of a man. Well, you check the letter, the scripture is actually written to the soul of a man. See so that you might be built. Who are they building? It's the soul. Build yourself on your most holy faith. Uh -uh. Who are they talking to? The soul. Why? Because the spirit, like I said, the new creation, is created in Christ Jesus. So, 
Our spirit is Christ. But the soul is a little Christ. But plenty, many, many, many other things which they now need to redeem. Does that make sense? That's, then you now can read the letter in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, when he says that it's also talking about uh, inheritance too, but I think I'll quickly um, okay, Ephesians 1, 12, can somebody help me read it? Okay, I don't want to spend time, okay. That should be to the place of the glory, okay. Who first trusted in Christ? Uh -huh. In whom ye also trusted. After. After that he heard the word of truth. Okay. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after ye believed. Okay. Ye were sealed with the what? With the Holy Spirit of promise. Why Holy Spirit of promise? Let's continue. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. You see there? So they, they are telling us that that is not the full inheritance. It is the earnest. Right? They are not telling us that there is an inheritance in Christ. Right? Which we are reading in Roma, sorry, in Acts 26. Which says that, that, uh, that uh, they will receive an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Right? You now realize that they are talking about the faith that is in Jesus. It's different from the faith that you and I have. It is a faith in Jesus. It is not a faith that Jesus is operating like you and I are operating. Right? Like, I believe this. Jesus is not believing for houses and cars, is he? If Jesus is going to cast out demons, he's not believing... I believe, cast out. No. You just see. Go. So, what I'm saying is that the faith that is in Jesus yeah. is different for the Mark 11, 23 faith. So, is it, is it Mark 11? Matthew. It's Mark, Mark 11. Yes, Mark 11, 23. Yes. Right? We talks about if you would believe, if you will say, Right? If you would believe you had, you would have whatsoever. That's a faith. But there's another faith in Jesus that has the ability, right, to give inheritance. To give inheritance to believers. Because we can see here that the Holy Ghost is the earnest, meaning a token of our inheritance. So it's the token. If it's a token, then where's the rest? Then what did they tell us that is going to happen? You see? Until the redemption of the purchased possession. I think that's where I end the argument. Why? Redemption of the purchased possession. Meaning that if they say it is an until, meaning it is not yet, right? The until the redemption of the purchased. Who's purchased? He's a new believer. Can an unbeliever be purchased? Okay, who's 
Because I mean, okay, 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 maybe I'm wrong. Can we check it? Who's purchased? Maybe I'm wrong, Abby. Is there is there anything in scripture that talks about who else is purchased? It says ye have been bought with a price. Right? That's what scripture says. Ye have been bought. But those ye have been bought with a price are not unbelievers. They are Christians. Right? Ye have been bought with a price. I think that's Corinthians. Right? Ye have been bought with a price. So, who that is bought is a purchased possession. But they are saying that a believer that is purchased will still need to be redeemed. Right? Until the redemption of the purchased possession. Right? Then what else? I think that's it. Okay. Unto the praise of his glory. Okay, I'm not going to talk too much about that aspect. Because, but what that means is really about growth. That praise unto the praise of his glory is really talking about entrance into the kingdom. But not just entrance alone, but inheriting glory. The praise, the praise of his glory. It's not, Father, we praise you, Lord Jesus, holy glory. No. That is an entrance for the soul, right? But take, what I'm trying to say is, if there, is a, if there will be until the redemption, who are they redeeming? Believers. Okay, which part is their soul? You now realize that James was telling believers, receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. That is uh, James chapter 1, right? James 1 verse, is it 12? Right? Thomas, gonna, I'll have to round up in the next five minutes, but I, was, I don't know, I'm so slow. I'm so slow today. I don't know. Is it? 21, okay. So what do you say? It says, from 20, what does it say in 20? For the right of man does not be the right of God, okay? Okay, you see. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. That's, that's another version. And receive with meekness, you see, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save. Remember, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. You now see that this thing they are talking about is not just I get born again and everything is over. Okay, if you are born again, why can you still backslide? Why can such a soul still journey back, a dog returning to his vomit? Although, to be honest, a dog is not just a newborn believer. Well, I mean. Okay, let me, let me, not, let me not talk too much about that. But the summary is that a dog returning to his vomit is, is an unbeliever that was saved. Remember, he told the woman, right, meat, uh, bread belongs to children. He says, even the dog eats the crumbs. So, miracle belongs to Israel, to the children. But a Gentile is a dog, right? So a dog returning to its vomit is a dog that has been saved, right? But have grown, entered the kingdom, 
and then return to his vomit. The Lord knows that the newborn believer can, in short, some enter, backslide. Ah, ah, then they have to, Pastor, we have to be preaching, walking. If they go, come out, go to club, Pastor will enter, ah, come out of club, don't go there. <laughs> the Lord is over you. You cannot return. Ah, no, 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 no. Be reading your Bible, be praying. Okay, come and join the. Let me work first, but maybe <laughs> join new believers class. Let's. Let's work on you so that you don't backslide again. They want to make sure that that soul is joining spiritually. Then, when a soul is doing well in that area, that means it's doing well in Jesus. Like I was saying, the, you know when the apostles started after Jesus left? Heal the sick, raise the dead, preach. Many will get born again. They will be, they will be having people that believe. Imagine, the first day, 5,000. Hi, what an evangelism. But it was not yet complete because Jesus needed to send Paul. Even though they have plenty things inside of them concerning the kingdom, that Paul just needed to open up. Why? Because they didn't have the, the eyes of their understanding need to be enlightened. See that Ephesians 1 that we're reading, you now see, right? After that 12, later in verse 15, 16, 17, Paul began to pray for the Ephesian church. And that is, I pray that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding keep being enlightened. The eyes of understanding being enlightened is an eye that is opened. Now see in that, in that Acts 26, right, I, I think I've made it clear that it is the soul that they are redeeming. And just to buttress it, 2 Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us, I pray, Father, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming, right? Is your spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless? It's not just the spirit that is recreated. The soul and the body also must come into life, must come into light. Amen. But let me, let me, let me, let me round up by saying this. Um, that the, the, the tool, right? The tool that the Lord, okay, let me put this, what the Lord does is he ensures that eyes are open. Eyes must be open. Eyes must be eyes of understanding. Meaning it is the eye of understanding. Honestly, ah, I was just about talking about something interesting now, but... Time has gone. You shouldn't have started talking about it. I can't finish it in 10, 15 minutes. So let me just and just end. Amen. Amen. Why am I saying eyes of understanding is enlightened? It's key. Because even angels without eyes, they can't serve God. Or they can't see him. They can't see God. Isaiah. When he saw the vision in Isaiah 6, the angels cover their eyes. Because they can't look at God. There's only a kind of angel that can look at him. They are called these cherubims of glory. They are glory beings. What they have that allows them to see God are eyes. Anybody that is not blessed with sight can't look at God. If a believer, I know, thank Jesus, so, a believer is born again, they have a relationship with God, not like the Old Testament, but you know the truth of the matter is that 
a newborn believer can't see God without their eyes being enlightened. Eyes being enlightened is the eyes of understanding. It's not, it's not eyes of understanding that talks about the mystery of how to fast in the night, mystery of praying in the night. That one does not give you understanding of who God is. Because there are all kinds of mysteries. You know, sometimes, ah, my eyes be open. Okay, what is the Lord? Open your eyes to see. Is he seeing into the very core of God? Because people can't see even a tiny aspect of his person without eyes being enlightened. When eyes is being enlightened, what we have is what we have is an eye that is tangenting towards understanding. And to be honest, it's all unbelievers that have darkened understanding, according to Ephesians chapter 5. Right? So when Gentiles, right, walk in the vanity of their mind, because they have their understanding darkened, when we get born again, darkened understanding is not healed. Because it's an understanding that is darkened. When we get born again, what that does is it prepares us to, for, to be healed from darkened understanding. For your soul to be healed of that kind of understanding, the soul means that the soul has to grow in the Lord. The soul must be growing in the Lord. As long as souls are growing in the Lord, that kind of understanding will be changed. That kind of understanding will be enlightened. What can cause that is the word. When the word is being engaged, you have access to the word. Why? The washing of the water by the word is something that can deal with that kind of understanding. If the word can just change and start looking at the word today, Okay, let's read the word. Let's read the Bible. Do you know that the whole world will change? If everybody in the world decides to read their Bible, the whole world will be changing. You'll be wondering, what's happening? Ah, there's a power in the world that can change souls. There's power in the world that can grow souls. Then you begin to come into things like fellowship. Fellowship. Increasing, because fellowship increases. You come into increasing fellowship in the Lord. The Lord will begin to come to you. In a different way, begin to reveal himself. Because what the eyes is open to see is the light of God. So if the eye be single, your body will be full of light. But if the eye be evil, the truth of the matter is that believers can have evil eyes. Okay, why am I saying so? Why do you have believers that all they think about is money? All they think about is car, house. They don't think about what God wants. They don't think about obeying God. They don't think about saving the Lord. All they think about is, what can I get? Let me just put the name of the Lord around it. Wow. It's different. But souls need to grow spiritually. To have eyes open. Every believer must pray for eyes. Why is Paul praying for Ephesian church? A church is an Eph the Ephesian church. That their eyes of understanding will be enlightened. Now that ties me to Romans, I'm done. Romans 3 that we are reading, right? Although I thought I would join it there, but I didn't really, really find my way there, right? Because you see, what we read in Mark is that their eyes will open, right? Lest they understand. And what happened? And their sins be forgiven them. And you see what Paul, what Jesus told Paul, he says, to open their eyes. To turn them from the power of darkness to light and to what from the power of Satan to God, right? That what they might receive.
forgiveness of sins. Right? That they might receive forgiveness. It means that sins need to be forgiven. The reason for forgiving sin is to cause redemption. Whom we have redemption, right? Ephesians 1 that we read, is the purpose of redemption until, is the purpose of getting souls until the redemption of the purchased possession. Without eyes being enlightened, the redemption of the purchased possession won't happen. So, oh, eyes must be open. Like the scripture will say, Open thou my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. There are wondrous things here. The Lord needs to open our eyes. We need to be seen clearly. I, I, I thank God that the Lord opened our eyes to see different, different things. Awesome. But we need to see wondrous things. You know, the op- eyes being open is not just to see how mystery world is to see wondrous things. What is the wondrous thing in the law? Law. When you say law, it's word. What are wondrous things in the world? What are wondrous things in the law? It's the revelation of the law of God. Or let me say of the law of Christ. Let me put it that way. Why? He says there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. Right? To those that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see what these things are tied to? It's life in the spirit. And that is why every believer must be ghosted. If you are not ghosted, if you don't like Holy Ghost, if you don't like the spirit, forget spiritual growth. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is your, is your guide. You see, is the earnest until. is the earnest. That guy, the Holy Ghost of promise is the one that knows how to bring you into inheritance. Right? I didn't talk too much about inheritance today, but that, that inheritance aspect, we can see clearly that it has to do with money, car houses, and all those things. All he has to do is the core of the person of God. So inheritance is the is 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 the is the ah otherwise is what will I call it? It's what belongs to you and I. Right? But there's a word I want to use, I can't remember, I just have to use that word, but there's a word I want to use, which will make uh, it a lot clearer to, to show my heart what I'm trying to say. Inheritance is the inheritance that we should have is the Ah, was the word. Inheritance is the, like Jesus said to the woman, is the, is the belongs to the children, right? <laughs> inheritance belongs to believers. But believers can't come into inheritance that they don't know. But for them to know inheritance, their eyes must be opened. Their eyes must be opened to know the Lord. To know the Lord. Say that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling. Why did Jesus call souls? Why? Because every soul has a calling. I have a calling. You have a calling. You have a, is, your calling is a high calling. Your calling is to journey to where God is and inherit all that he has to give. But that won't happen if all we care about is God, God better my bread, sugar my tea and all those kind of things. All that will not happen. Believers must develop interest in kingdom things. Kingdom. The kingdom. kingdom when you're talking about kingdom, it's what God kings. That's what God kings, is dominion. We need to know what they are. The Lord will help us. I felt I would just talk about forgiveness. I'll talk about, I want to really, really center into what sin is. You know, we say forgiveness of sin, but there's the forgiveness of sin before we get born again. Sorry, the moment we get born again. 
But this forgiveness of sin is more than that. But for me to explain what that forgiveness of sin is, I have to, under, I have to explain what sin is. Because we know that sin is not just fornication and all those things. Sin is not just the disobedience of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is to what it, its intention is to, is to take sin from where it's hiding and reveal it. Because the Israelites were, do, were in sin. They were doing it like the Edens, like the, the Gentiles. Until the Lord said, do not do this. Do not have any other God except. Then the Lord began to give them commandments. Those commandments is to tell them where they should rearrange their person. How? Showing them what, if you don't know what sin is, you can't escape it. And sin, the funny thing about sin is that sin is just, is a parabolic thing about everybody. Nobody is knowing that it is sin. Why? Because he's telling them, see sin, no. That is sin. Hey, hey, that is sin. Who is telling them that that is sin? See, if, if sin is saying that is sin, what is he saying? He's pointing men to something else that look like sin. Like fornication, you know, stealing, all those things. Yes, so I'm not saying they are not wrong, though. they are sin. No? But it's like, it's like somebody that gave birth to tiny things. He's not saying, see that one, that one, that is sin. But he's not hiding behind the man. Telling you, see, oh, me, I'm not sin, no. that is sin. That's what sin does. Meaning that we need the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, to know what sin is. When we see sin, we can, we, can, we, can, we can then live righteously. Until you have eyes to discern sin, it will be difficult to live righteously. Because what seems righteous to every believer, what seems righteous can be a, a sin to the Lord. Because what is sin to the Lord is what God cannot do. Do you understand? If the, if the Lord can't do it, there's a judgment in him that will make him never. Why? Well, because they say that he that is born of God, sineth not. He that is born of God, sineth not. So, Christians are getting born again and they are still stealing like Paul told the Corinthians. Fornication should not be once named among you. So what's wrong with them? Are they not born of God? What's happening? There's something wrong. They need to know what sin is. Are we blessed today? Can I begin to pray this night that the Lord would help us tonight, that the Lord will give us insight into his life. One thing that is clear is that the eyes of our understanding needs to be enlightened. If we are going to come into inheritance, can we pray that heaven would supply grace for sight to be opened, to understand what his inheritances are, the things we need to inherit in him, can we pray that the eyes, our eyes will continuously, will continuously be opened? We want our sight to be opened much more than it is right now. We want to see clearly in the spirit to see inheritance, to have inheritance, to come into inheritance. Let's pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Increase of sight. We want to see. We want to see who the Lord is. We want to see his presence. We want to know him. He says, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We want to see him so that he can appear. We want to see his appearance. We want to see him when he shall appear. When he appears, means we will see him. Can we pray that we shall see him so we can be as he is? That our eyes will be opened. That the Lord will send his light to our sight. To correct our sight that we can see the Lord better. We can see him clearly. 
that whatever the Lord needs to arrange within our members, the Lord will begin to arrange them for sight, for growth in the Lord. They are my heart of our master. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you all the praise for your word. We thank you for that which you've said to us tonight. We say we are exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that the understanding of your word, Father, you will establish it better in us in the name of Jesus. Whatever is not clear yet, we ask, Father, that you by mercy show us understanding in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that the things in you that we are to inherit, Father, we pray that you begin to bring them near our way in the name of Jesus, to begin to open our understanding towards them in the name of Jesus. Father, that you will quicken our understanding. Lord, that we will understand better what your life is, what those inheritances are, that we will align ourselves to inherit you. Father, we want to inherit you fully because we know that we are your inheritors and you are our inheritance. We know that you are our portion in the land of the living. We ask, Father, that you would bring light, bring understanding. You will make us to understand. As we've read in Romans 3, he said, there is none that understand it. There is none that seek it after God. There is none that is righteous. Father, we want to be righteous. We want to understand. We want to be above sin. Because you said both Jews and Gentiles, they are all under sin. We know that when we are over sin, our sins will be forgiven. We pray, Father, that the sight to overcome sin, you will supply in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' precious Mighty name, we are praying. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You.